Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Kiesis. I'm whispering because Chuck's on the phone. He's getting an update about Clary's, Clary's closet kit or Clary's closet kit. Okay, did you hang up? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you're not. And this program is brought to you by the Container Store, <laughs> selling handy closet kits for all of your needs. Does, is it in? Monday. She can get it Monday. Oh, my gentle Lord. We have been waiting, nay, pining for this closet kit. Mine came in, so I stopped caring. <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out I'm supposed to be like, oh, Carrie, I'm really sorry yours isn't here. Whereas my usual approach, you go, Carrie, did you see mine's pretty awesome? The one you installed. So anyway. <laughs> Guys, today might be a problem. And it started with mass. Like, so you noticed that my head wasn't good at mass, Carrie? Were you saying? Because you, you said something lovely, but also like, you okay? Uh, but it was today is Cyril of Jerusalem, that's the saint today, but I kept the whole mass, this little voice in my head, you said Cyril of Alexandria, who's a bigger saint, if I may, right? Like more commonly known, uh, I don't think. So it, it, anyway, it was funny, all during mass, I'm praying, I'm like, hey, Jesus, I love you, and then it's like, you said the wrong saint. Like, ah! And then I start thinking about the fact that I said the wrong saint, and then I'm not thinking about what I'm actually saying. Wash, rinse, repeat. Poor Jesus. So anyway, uh, and part of the problem is I'm reading a really good book. And last night I sat down to read, and then it was 1.30 a.m. And let me just say this. Oops. <laughs> You sat down, so you did you sleep sitting up? No, I read. I read for three oh. and a half hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, happy as a pig in poo. And it was only when it struck me, like at some point I was like, oh, I'm really loving this. And I'm like, I've been reading a while. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, today should be interesting. I <laughs> just ate a lovely catfish uh, luncheon from Christ the King in Flint, Michigan. And I cannot recommend this enough. In terms of, if you like, like I, they, I know they offer something else, but all I heard was catfish. Yes, please. <laughs> and uh, if you're like, well, I've never had catfish. A, sinner. <laughs> B, it's ridiculously good. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. They served it with hot sauce. And then there were sides of, what did you just eat? Coleslaw. Because um, I don't like coleslaw. So I was like, no, Carrie, I love coleslaw, but I want you to have it because you're my friend. But I was lying. And then, <laughs> and then uh, there was spaghetti. That was a curious choice. And green beans. The star of the dish by far was the catfish. It was all good. With the catfish. So you can support a Roman Catholic church in Flint, right? Uh, that frankly could use all our help. Uh, meet your Lenten requirement. Um, and get a darn fine meal. All at a reasonable price. Ask me the price. How much? They wouldn't let me pay. So I'm not sure. <laughs> 
But if you say, Father Joe sent you, and type in code quantum catechesis, uh, what? Edward said it looks like your Twitter account may be back up. Is that true? I can look. I haven't checked in a couple days. Let's see. Edward. Hey, Edward, good to see you, bro. I mean, not really see you, this is but. Edward Martin, somebody different. Okay. Nope, still locked out. Nope. Um, and it keeps saying, if you just delete your tweet, you'll be reinstated. I'm like, no, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what were we doing? Oh, Joanne. Joanne, is this the Joanne that got me the shirt? Maybe. I want to thank you. I got, can I say this on air? I don't know. I hope you don't mind. She sent me a birthday package, and it was filled with goodness. Like, a sweet and kind letter. Um... An insane amount of sugary delights. And my dad, like, I'm just pulling sugary delight after sugary delight out of the box. And then he said, um, seriously, he goes, we're going to die with all of these cookies. <laughs> like, there are cookies everywhere. And cookies and Doritos are things I can't not eat. Doritos, really? I love Doritos. Like, if you put a bag of Doritos in the house, <laughs> I will eat them till I'm physically ill. Doritos. And then I'll eat more. Really? Yeah. Well, have you noticed I never buy them? Seriously. And it's because if I buy them, it's like, I'm going to eat that. Yeah. What were we talking about? How did we get here? I don't know. Sure. Oh, sure. And look at this awesome shirt. Can God's people see it? I can't tell. Yes. Okay. And uh, so thank you for the beautiful note, the sugary delights. My dad is angry at you. And, uh, oh, and even, I got to tell you, the little request you made, like she was like, hey, I hope you become one of these. And I open it and it's a Buckeye. No! I love you. You ate the Buckeye. Huh? You ate the Buckeye. Oh, destroyed it. Yeah. There were four little Buckeyes. Dad got one and I accidentally ate three. And then I said, do you want the other one? And he said, no, praise God. Because if he would have said yes, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> But she wants me to be a Buckeye. And I love you. I love the people of Ohio. I do not love the University of Ohio. Or Ohio State University. The Ohio State. Who, did you see they just hired somehow Urban Meyer, like he's working there again? Or he's working for a company? I know. It's like, really? Now you remember what? Okay. So anyway, thank you. And I love the shirt too. I put it on this morning. First thing, when I opened the box yesterday, I laid it out on my, I'm going to wear this tomorrow table, which is in my closet kit that I've had for a month. <laughs> Carrie, when did you order your closet kit? Oh, the same time I did. Gosh, that's so weird. So uh, Sarah thanks me for, oh yeah, Sarah, you're welcome. I love those little freaks and the eighth graders love me. We have a riot. I'm telling you, um, last night our eighth graders headed off to Washington, D.C. to participate in what we're calling a capital city riot. Okay. What? I don't think we can do that. Yeah. No? Yeah. I told them don't. That's illegal. No. Nobody finds us funny. No. Okay. Um, I mean, they're going to have a riot at the Capitol. No. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And let me just say this to all the hardworking men and women of the NSA who are listening in right now. I love America. Uh, I love God. And I'm making jokes. 
because if we can't laugh about these type things, what are we going to do? Seriously. And I, I do run into this. They do, praise God. Because all of a sudden it hits me. Like at one point I said something and they were like, you can't joke about COVID. And I'm like, yeah, it's all I can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, I can't stop it. I can sit like everybody else and complain and cry. Or I can say, it's not going to beat my sense of humor. You're right? I I don't know. But there are people who are, can't do it. And I get it, but you're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, the eighth graders every year, except quarantine years, uh, pilgrimage out to Washington, D.C., and they see all the marvelous sights, and they grow in knowledge of our government, love of uh, the Constitution. Um, yeah, it's amazing stuff. And so last night, I went there, and uh, just, just man, I got cookies, too. See, I got cookies there, too. Like, I literally left cookies in the kitchen with Dad. True story from Joanne to go off to bless kids and people are shoving cookies. What do I look skinny? Like, is anyone going, boy, we need to beef Father Joe up. No, hand me oranges. I love oranges. I eat one every day. What is that? Strawberries. Oh, whew. strawberries are good for you, right? Or no? Yes. Okay, because here's the thing, vegetables, uh, I've always been like, a, just give me corn. Right? And then my sister, like, gives me this lecture. You know, that's the worst vegetable. Like, if you're going to pick a vegetable to not eat, you should not eat corn. And I'm like, why do you hate me? Why did God set this up this way? But I do love peas. I love peas. I love asparagus or asparagi. If you invite Mr. and Mrs. Angopolis over for dinner, is it the Angopolises or the Angopoli? I don't know. These are things we need to get to. Yeah, we need to cover this on quantum catechesis. Okay, so anyway, I feel like I've messed around way too much already, and we haven't even started. That was my guardian angel. That's not true. I do want to ask us, oh, you know what, serious topic. Please pray for Nancy DeBacher. She's a buddy of mine. She could use some prayers. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't like to give details about, you know, what's going on in people's life. Just... We don't need to know. What we do need to know, she could use some prayers. Uh, so please do that. Uh, she prayed for me with that um, unbound. I did an unbound session where I was the target, right? I was the unbound E as opposed to the unbounder. I don't know. Is that right? I was the unbound E. Okay. Unbounded. I was unbounded. Uh, and it was... Oh, amazing. One of the most powerful experiences of prayer I've had. I'm so grateful for it. Don't tell them about the voices. And uh, I just, guys, I'm going to be out of control today. I need to focus. So should we just start? Okay. Oops. Carrie's got a question. No. Uh, next week, Thursday. Next week, Thursday. We're not going to have a guest. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Next week on Thursday, we're not going to have a guest. Uh, because we couldn't find anyone desperate. Uh, instead, I'll be talking about Ukraine. How did we get here? Again, I, I feel a little weird about it, but I think it'll help you a bit um, to understand how we got here. I, and I, I know this kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff I actually know. When it comes to Slavs, uh, I'm pretty 
well read and this is a Slavic fight uh, and so what I hope to do is on Thursday of next week, just walk you through that whole thing. Um, what's going on? How did we get here? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, this is kind of wild and I'm not endorsing anyone for president, but do you remember the Mitt Romney Obama debates? When Romney said Russia's going to be an issue and Obama said, hey, the 80s called and they want their foreign policy back. Well, yeah. he, and again, I don't, I, this isn't about Romney or Obama. It's about the fact that if you know that area, you knew this was coming. And if you know your history, you know there's no way it stops here. That's what's scary, truly to me. Um, and so we pray for peace. People are suffering horribly there. Pray for Poland. I don't know if you saw this. Poland's taken in almost 2 million refugees. Can you look up, would you mind, what is the population of Poland? This should blow us away. Because they're taking in a chunk of their population. Chuck's looking it up, sis. No problem. Um, uh, God bless them. Really. And Poles know all about Russian aggression. Um, yeah. Although that sounded racist? No. I don't mean a racist or whatever. Uh, yeah. It was expected to be 37.95 million by the end of 2021. Okay, so it's 37 mil? Yeah. So 37 million people <clears throat> took in 2 million people in less than a month. Think about that. That's crazy. And God bless the polls. Pray for them. Uh, that's a commitment, huh? So with that, know that next week on Wednesday, we'll continue our discussion on uh, foundations, looking at Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And then on Thursday, I'll talk to you, and it's not Jesus related, but we'll do a history class real quick on Russia, Ukraine, Slavic uh, hegemony, all that kind of stuff. And then on Friday, we were thinking just do something different and do a question and answer session. What do you guys think? Should we do it? You don't find that funny? I'm actually driving Carrie nuts. Like, I, you had to tell me yesterday once and today once that I'm driving you nuts. <laughs> Isn't that funny? She's never had to tell me that. I've been naughty. I feel bad. Oh, don't. Oh, my gosh. I have to know so I know when to quit. Does it look like I'm aware of when to quit today? No. I made a capital riot joke. <laughs> this is where we are. It's the sugar OD. <laughs> he says as he drinks his... Pure sugar Pepsi Cola with real sugar. Yeah, that's... Feeling good. No, that's Diet Coke. I don't know what Pepsi slogan. Wasn't it like choice of a new generation or something like that when I was a kid? It is here. Okay. So, uh, where can we find an Unbound session? Oh, wow. Uh, excuse my dumb. I don't know. Um, if you're in Michigan... Well, okay, when I was in Lennon White County, Uncle Lonnie Applegate and Nancy DeBacher were two uh, awesome people about Unbound Sessions. And uh, there was some, uh, gosh, I'm not helpful. I assume if you look it up, you can find some information through uh, the Google. Okay. Um, what? <laughs> okay. Genevieve posted... Hashtag Team Carrie. <laughs> I just think that's funny. I do too. <laughs> we should have Team Carrie, Team Joe, Team Marius. Everyone had joined Team Marius. We would lose huge. We would lose huge, Did Marcus. Did you see he puked again? Yeah. 
So remember when he stole your hot dog? Mm -hmm. He has not recovered yet. Seriously, he can't eat bread. And he ate that huge bun, and he's not eaten a meal since. And he's puking all the time. And look at him, he just twitched when I said that. <laughs> and you know what he'll do? Eat another bun as soon as he feels better. He's like an eighth grader. Uh, can you explain the recent excitement over Fatima? I thought the Pope already consecrated Russia in 1942. Okay, uh, great question. And it's a little bit of a landmine in this regard. Um, our Blessed Mother, when she appeared in Fatima, instructed the Holy Father to consecrate the Soviet Union to... It was the Soviet Union at the time. No, it was Russia. And then in 1942, the Holy Father did. And it was the Soviet Union. No, 42, 43. Anyway, now there is a movement among people to say the Holy Father didn't do it right. Uh, and if you're in that school, stick with me. Where I worried about that is that I didn't want it to, I don't want us to think of it like magic. You have to do the incantation perfectly or the gods won't be pleased. Uh, we don't do magic. We, we do prayer. And so I worried with a lot of, well, the Holy Father didn't do it right. Oh, oh okay, I, I guess. But uh, I just can't imagine God saying, I want you to consecrate Russia to me, to, uh, to Mary. And then the Pope doing it and God going, well, not like that. I'm not going to make it work now. So, so that's what freaked me out a little bit about the whole, he didn't do it right. But if that doesn't work for you, I'm not claiming infallibility at all. I could be way off. It might be I actually get to heaven and Mary's like, what the heck, you know? Uh, but why did the Pope do it again? I don't know, but I'll take it, right? Pope Francis uh, did it again. He consecrated Russia again. And I think to some extent, I'm assuming, 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 because this is why I would do it if I was him. If I was Pope, Jesus saved the church. Uh, if I was Pope, I would have too. And for a simple reason, Putin is singularly wicked. Uh, and um, this is a dictatorship. Um, he has more people working for the secret police in Russia than in the army invading Ukraine. Yeah, people are being imprisoned for dissent, all these kinds of things. And make no mistake, I can't think of a war over there that didn't bleed over. Think about it, right? Since uh, we figured out mass warfare with our kind of weaponry, um, it doesn't seem like this will stop. And, well, Putin said he's going to stop after, yeah, he said he'd stop after Crimea. And before that, he said he wouldn't take the Crimea. This is, this is how people like that work. Um, they're sick. And sick people are sick people. But when you have an army behind your sick, that's scary. And Europe went ahead and made sure they would be totally dependent on Russia for a lot of different things. Um, and that's where, again, we're into my opinion, right? So feel free to flush this down the toilet at the nearest convenience. But that's always, to me, been my struggle with Europe for, European foreign policy. And remember, I'm not a foreign policy guy, but I don't know what Phil books. It just seems like they wait till the crisis blows up to do something. They complain about how much we spend on defense and then call us as soon as they need defense. You get me? And granted, I don't want us spending this much on defense. 
but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm sorry, all that, because the question is, what's going on? The Pope reconsecrated or consecrated Russia uh, again. Um, and I think this is in a healthy way, an act of a spiritual desperation. This is one of the world's largest armies. And again, historically, the Russians are awful at offensive warfare, unbeatable on defense. Uh, so maybe there's hope there. But no matter how hard the Ukrainians are fighting right now, and they are fighting hard and smart, the Russia can do what she always does, just keep throwing people at it. They're gonna, you're going to run out of people before they do. Um, and that's typically how they've fought. Um, so, did that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I know I'm crazy today, and I'd say I'm sorry, but I have no contrition. Why can't a priest pray mass from a wheelchair? Oh, I think they can. I've seen them do it. Uh, if you were told they can't, let me know. Because as far as I know, priests can and do pray masses from wheelchairs. Uh, uh, in fact, one of the priests, um, let me see, two assignments ago or three, it was kind of, cr oh, not crazy, I mean, it was different. But we put a stool, like almost a bar stool, behind the altar. And he could lean on it while he prayed mass. I was like, good for you, man. You know, stay in the fight. Um, okay. Was the star followed by the wise men who went home by another way considered supernatural? Just like the tearing of the curtain on Good Friday. Were, were the skies affected? Well, I think supernatural in the sense of God lined things up, like all of this was God's intention. When I saw this question, I real quick looked up and the prevailing theory, there's theories, right? Uh, some people say it was a supernova. Uh, I thought it was just a nova with a 326 dropped in on a small block. Um, Did you find that funny? Carrie, she's no, Sorry. Carrie's like, Joe's a stupid head. No, it's not at all. No, I know, I know. Uh, some people say it was comet, but the, the what you do, how do you determine what it was? Well, you figure out what was in the sky at that time, and people can do that. Then you try to figure out when Jesus was born, and you try to figure out then what they saw. And if you go by the dates we assume Jesus was born, then the, uh, this is what it says. Um, hold on, okay. Um, where did it go? Um, there was a planetary conjunction at that time noted all around the known world as a, quote, bright beacon of light in the sky uh, where the disks of Jupiter and Venus appeared to touch. Uh, a a Venus-Jupiter conjunction that close has not occurred since then. So it's the only time we know of where it happened, and it was so big that people really noticed it all over the known world and noted it. So that's the best guess, right, uh, is that it was this incredible event in the sky um, that hasn't happened that we know of before and certainly hasn't happened since. So when you say, was it supernatural? You know, don't laugh, but I think everything is supernatural to some extent, right? Our God set this big, beautiful thing in motion. Um, and, you know, he's in charge of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Could you 
Uh, please remind me of the news sources that keep us out of the rabbit holes, the best both Catholic and secular. Okay. Uh, my opinion, my opinion, my opinion. Okay. Uh, for Catholic, I like thepillarcatholic.com. Okay, I'm a big fan. I just got their newsletter right before uh, you two. Yeah. Um, Father Lay, I kind of hooked him on it. He's like, this is fantastic. I'm like, I know. And then I took credit. Yeah. Um, so that's my faith. Um, uh, secular, I'm still stuck. Like for me, Wall Street Journal, but I haven't bought it in a few years because it got super expensive. <laughs> but I loved the Wall Street Journal. It just felt like instead of trying to cover everything, they covered some and covered it really thorough. And I never detected a left or right bias. Again, my opinion. Uh, for this war, I've been watching this channel, France 24. I told you about it, and I'm smitten with it. I watch it on YouTube. Uh, France 24, it's an English language French newscast. I think I'm saying that right. So it clearly takes place in France because I can see the Alpha Tower behind them. And it couldn't be a screen. But I found their coverage of the war to be unbelievable. Um, and again, none of the, let's bring in this expert to argue with another expert. Uh, they don't talk about celebrities uh, saying, you know, the crap they say. Uh, they just kind of do the news. And I think you can always do well with local newscasts, local news. Ugh, I can't make talk. So those are, that's just my opinion. Just my opinion. Okay. Um, my granddaughter found a lump. Oh, man. Okay. My granddaughter found a lump in her breast a few weeks ago. I prayed hard and I put my trust in Jesus, but then I found out it was cancer. How? Sorry. How do I, maybe, I think it's oh, how, sorry. that's yeah, okay. How do I pray now and put my trust in Jesus? How do I, <coughs> sorry. Sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry about that. So the question ends up, how do I pray now and put my trust in Jesus? I feel so lost. I am so sorry. And, you know, this isn't over. You get me? This is not over. Uh, and with your permission, we're going to pray right now. Well, even without your permission, we're going to pray that God send his Holy Spirit to your granddaughter and wash over her and drive this sickness from her body and we're going to pray that he lift up and strengthen your broken heart and we're going to pray for all of those who will be taking care of her administering this treatment heavenly father heal your daughter restore her family's trust and love amen um yeah, I'm sorry, and I've been there. Um, in the end, see if, if you can't ask God to help you trust him in the sense of not necessarily to do what we want, but to be present no matter what happens and to always act in our best interest. Um, and I, I imagine that sounds um, like shallow comfort, 
but I have found comfort in it in, in times of great darkness. Okay, Jesus, I don't like this, and I'm going to let you know I don't like it. Um, but I trust you, right? Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, Father Joe, have you filled out your bracket? I have not. Uh, do you still feel good about Michigan and the turning? I do. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not rooting for them. I, I don't want you to get the wrong, wrong impression. I'm not hoping they win. Uh, <laughs> but I believe they're going to do better than anybody was ready for. And I think that already happened. Didn't they bump off a higher seat? Yeah. Uh, the most important thing for you to know is Michigan State's going to win it all. Why are you laughing? Okay. Uh, who was the most famous person you ever met? Mine was Jesse Owens. Holy cow. This person met Jesse Owens. Like, really? That's so cool. Uh, anyway, my, mom, my dad actually met Mother Teresa. So did I. And my sister met Pope's Benedict and Francis. So, I'm not jealous. No, nicely done. Uh, probably John Paul II's the most famous person. And I think I told you guys this. Mother Teresa, I kind of met. She shoved me out of the way for communion. Seriously. And she said these words to me. You ready? Scusi. <laughs> yeah, I think she thought I was Italian. Because she's, what is she, Albanian. But she, she kind of came through. And, uh, and she was like a ninja... Uh, yeah, and she was like, scusi, Holy cow, I got elbowed by a saint. I'm probably going to heaven now. I did meet her that way. Seriously, she shoved me out of the way to get to communion. And I know a bunch of priests who got shoved out of the way by her. Sister, sister wanted to get up there, and I ain't getting in her way. And again, especially now that she's dead. Oh, she's tiny. I think she weighed eight pounds. But she had a sharp elbow. Like, you know how when Marius crawls on you, it's like all hairy, gooey goodness until his elbow digs in? That was her elbow. It was like, fully expected. Uh, who else have I met that's famous? So John Paul II, Benedict, I met those dudes. Um, I don't know. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, is he famous-ish? I don't yeah, know. I think um, so. Your girlfriend. Here we go. Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. Rachel Vice. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like I know a bunch of athletes, right, from MSU, where Jesus went to school. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I met Father Renero Count of La Mesa. And if you're a priest watching this, you know you're geeking out right now. Um, but that might be kind of a priest thing. The guy's a freak. I love him. Mm. I met a guy with stigmata. And I think it was approved. Uh, the guy from the UK. Cool, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Uh... I've always wondered about the story of Jephthah in the Bible. Under Jewish law, human sacrifice was forbidden. So even though we made a vow, it seems like God would have released him. Yeah, you know, okay, so what we're talking about is a story in the Old Testament. It's going to take me a minute to stretch my brain. But Jephthah was a guy who was going out to fight, uh, I believe, for, yeah, for Israel uh, against an invading army. And um, 
he told the Lord, if you give me victory, I'll sacrifice the next person to walk out the door. And the next person who walked out the door was his daughter. Yeah. Uh, so to me, I would have thrown the fight. You know what I mean? I would have been like, you know, eh, oh, we lost. You know, but uh, they, they got victory and uh, he sacrificed his daughter. Uh, so what's the deal? Well, as I understand it, God didn't ask for that. You get me? You know, do you remember when Kevin and you set me down about genuflecting at mass, right? That, you know, my knee, my right knee, I, I've had a million procedures on it and I have to get shots all the time. It hurts most of the time. And uh, when I would genuflect at mass, I know this sounds funny, that's what I want to do. Like even now when I bow, it makes me so sad. And uh, Kevin and Carrie set me down, I would say at least a year ago. Do you have a sense of this? And the whole idea was, you know, on one level, you know, they were like, you're now a distraction. When you go down, it's like, is he gonna be able to get up? Everybody goes. Yeah, and I didn't realize I was taking attention and, and they weren't saying that was my goal. Right, this went. This was a lovely confrontation, discussion, whatever. And it was, you're taken away from what you want the most. People thinking about the Eucharist. What they're thinking about is, oh no, is he gonna be okay? And I struggled with it and I, I, I told them, I know you're right, but here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they pointed out to me God didn't ask you for that. Did God ask you for that sacrifice? Like, I'm like, oh, it's just pain. I can give God this pain. And they're like, did he ask you for that? Because if not, we got a problem, right? Don't give God a sacrifice he did not ask for or teach us to give. D does this make sense? Okay. And, and I've bowed ever since because they were 100% right. And I was convicted that at least a part of it, I do believe in my heart of hearts, my motive was very pure. I really wanted to show him proper reverence. But there also was a thing in there where I have to admit, well, Joe, you're getting older and, and your body's pretty banged up. I've broken a million bones in my body. It hurts all the time. Uh, and the fact that I'm so skinny and muscular uh, helps a lot. But that was the issue there. God did not ask for that. God didn't want it. Um, this was this man, this was ego, this was passion. Uh, that's how I understand the story, if that's helpful, right? Uh, why was Herod allowed to kill all the two-year-olds and younger in Bethlehem? Didn't the Romans have laws against murder? Uh, no, <laughs> honestly, no. Uh, oddly enough, uh, and I'm not being trite, like, um, uh, what did they call those rules? Patron, uh, it'll come to me, okay? But like, for example, if a man's married to a woman and has a daughter and the daughter displeases him, he can kill her uh, in Roman law. The father had absolute and total rights over the women in his life in many ways. Uh, I forget what those laws were called, but they didn't consider that exceptional. But more than that, Herod was a king. He's what's called a client king. Uh, so I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try not to diverge too far, and walk you through it real quick. So, if the Romans came knocking, and we're taking this kingdom of yours, 
you had a couple choice, one to fight to the death, in which case, when the Romans beat you, <laughs> uh, they would then, you know, destroy the city and kill everybody, or uh, enact some sort of thing uh, where the people who survive the battle and live in the city pay crazy taxes and have it pretty rough. If you surrendered, um, they treated you pretty darn good. If you were like, okay, it's yours, <laughs> right? We get great, the Romans would say, here's some roads, here's some a civil system, blah, 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 blah. Now, you could also do this. Uh, if you're the king of an area that the Romans want, you can be made a client king. And what does that mean? You're king of that area, but you're under Rome. Okay, and Herod was what's called a client king. Uh, so he paid the Romans a certain amount. He provided the Romans with soldiers and cash and such and tried to, quote unquote, Romanize the Jews with mixed results. And in exchange, he got to kind of do what he wanted because it was his kingdom. Now, yeah, so that's how that works. And plus, and again, I know how our minds think. That's not how they thought. It wouldn't have made the news. Like, it's not like Herod would order the death of all these babies and that somebody would tell Caesar and he'd be horrified. No, that's just, you do that. That's what you do. Um, interestingly enough, and this is wild, uh, Pontius Pilate, who became the governor, the Roman governor of that area much later, uh, well, 30 years later, <laughs> sorry, um, he was the only one I know of, only governor I know of that Caesar Augustus removed for brutality, right? That in his previous assignment, Pontius Pilate was so cruel in enforcing the laws, which the Romans usually went, way to go, bud, that they actually removed him. Uh, being governor of Idumea and Judea was his next assignment. He got demoted for being too brutal. Isn't that crazy? And that I know of, he's the only one that, that I know of that Caesar Augustus removed. Isn't that crazy? And where did they put him? Jerusalem. If you're going to be brutal, be brutal there. Wow. Did that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Um, hold on. Okay. My friend is leaving little rocks that say, I love you on them for her kids in the morning and is telling them they came from God. Telling them the rocks came from God? Okay, I thought the kids, I'm like, they did! Uh, okay, I was, oh dear. I don't want to ruin our friendship, but I think this is a no-no. I told my children the rocks are from their mom and God can answer our praise, prayers in ways more powerful. Should I tell my friend who is Catholic to stop or leave it be? Oh, I'd leave it be. Yeah. Now, if she asks you, yes. Right. What do you think of this? I got to tell you, I love the idea. I don't think this is the way to do it. If that's your thinking. Um, you know, what's funny, like, in, and I'm not a parent, obviously, but I saw both parents here go, you know, when I read this, and my first thought was, oh, that's really sweet. But no, I get it. You're lying to the kid. And at some point they're going to figure out I don't think God was doing that, um, which undermines mom's credibility and God's. Sounds like a lovely attempt to do something very sweet 
as long as they don't put the rocks in the kids' shoes. But yeah, I, I get it and I'm with you. Here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. And this is just my opinion, right? Pray for her. And here's a prayer my mom gave me, and I know I've shared this before, but it's, Lord, if you want me to talk to so-and-so, please open the door and help me walk through it. I pray that a lot. Lord, if you want me to talk to so-and-so, please open the door and help me walk through it. Um, and, and I think that's important because this was one of those things I've, uh, no, don't go there. Um, yeah, it's not your fight. Okay. And, and I get it. And I love that person's heart, right. For wanting to get that in their kids. And I love your heart, uh, for your concern for the effects of this approach. But I'd encourage you to pray that prayer, to pray for her and those kids and, uh, see where Jesus takes you. Okay. Uh, okay. Am I helping today? I am so crazy brained. You have no idea what's going on up there. It's a whole bag of cats. All right. Uh, why were people in the old Testament able to live so old? Well, a couple things. First, they didn't smoke. <laughs> that funny. There's a couple ways to look at it. One is that they're simply trying to fill holes in the genealogy charts. Right? Well, who was between Bob and Chuck? Well, I don't know. All right, Bob lived 400 years. Right? No, really. Uh, Romans did that all the time. Did you know that? No. Oh, proudly. Like, they didn't consider that deception. They figured you'd look and go, 400? Huh. Okay. They didn't know who was in between. Seriously, Romans were notorious for this. Uh, if you look at the first five kings of, Roman, of Rome, right, pre-Republic, seven kings who ruled for an average of 40 years each. Please, right? There's no way. So how did that happen? Well, they don't know the names of the other dudes. <laughs> so here's the names we know. Here was the first one. Here was the last one. Here's the guys we know. Let's just kind of, oh yeah, each of them reigned exactly 40 years. You get me? Now, so you can look at it that way, or you can look at it as just the reality of how things were back then. Um, interestingly enough, when I was at U of M, we had a, uh, I was <laughs> had a biology class that I never went to. Um, <laughs> let me just say this. Oops. It turns out you should go. Uh, but one of the things I learned, this blew me away. Did you know our bodies are programmed to live 120 years? Really? Yeah. At least now this was the 80s, right? Who knows? But in the 1980s, right? Was I in college in the 80s? Well, 90s, early 90s, late 80s. That's what we were taught that, uh, you know, when they look at things, it looks like we're programmed to live about 120 years. But you can see how uh, between pollution, the things we eat that we just don't know anything about, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's kind of funny. Look at Joe Dunn. He's going to live to be 150. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. 120. I never, that's a piece of information. That's what I was taught. Now, again, this is 40-year-old information, yeah, yeah, and who knows? But I specifically remember that one really well, because I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, so not want to. No. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping. Retired on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for next year. You know. <laughs> you know. Although I would like to get to my 25th. 
My 25th is next, next year. Next year? We have, we have to start Oh, I have to tell you something so terribly sweet. Oh, nice. Okay. So, my mom has two sisters still with us, right? Mom was number 14 in her family. It was a big old family. Uh, but we've got, well, I don't know whose names I should say because I don't know who wants privacy. But one of my aunts um, was 90 when she said, we had a family party and she came and she, it's sharp, razor sharp. And she made some joke about, well, next family party, Joey, it's going to be your 25th. I'll see you there. And I said, you'll be 102. And she went, yep, see you there. She's still, like, She's still chugging. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and chugging along. I love that woman. Oh, she looks like mom. She'll be your our, um, co- Celebrant. Yes. Yeah, we'll have a co-celebration for my angel aunt. And all my aunts are all, I love them. And Jane, I love you. And Elnor, love you. Okay. They're not watching. <laughs> they have better things to do. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Any predictions on the Detroit Tigers? Wow, we had a lot of secular questions today. And I'm probably in the right frame of mind for it. After all, I don't know if you guys heard right at the beginning of the story, Chuck made a joke about the Capitol riots. And I was like, that's so inappropriate. Do you remember that? Uh, Please don't think about it. I had almost forgotten. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Any predictions on the Detroit Tigers' upcoming season? They are on TV at 1 p.m. this afternoon. If you don't watch all those basketball games this afternoon, I'm watching one basketball game today. And it is Michigan State University uh, winning against Richmond by 10. Davidson. What is Davidson? Yeah. What did I say? Richmond. That's okay. Where did I get Richmond? Mm-hmm. Are they Yesterday. in the tourney? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Richmond Spiders, right? Yeah. Do you know why I remember that? Do you want to know? Yeah. This will blow you away, because when I was at U of M, they won the national championship my first year. Right? 1989. I can even tell you, Glenn Rice, Loy Vaught. Ramil Robinson. Oh. Hughes. Somebody Hughes. Man, Terry Mills. Holy crap, I just named the starting five for the 1989 Michigan Wolverines, and the first team they beat was the Spiders in the tourney. And they barely won it. John would be proud. Yeah. John would tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm 90% sure I'm right. Loy Vaught, Ramil Robinson, Glenn Rice, somebody Hughes, and Terry Mills. Did I answer the... Oh, I think the Tigers are... I know I'm crazy, but I do want to be clear. I don't mean to brag. I was almost exactly right last year. You remember? I said what their final record would be, and I was within two games. Uh, this year, I tell you this. I can't give you a good sense of their record. Because, man, we are loaded. Did you see the AL Central? It's going to be tough. We're going to finish second. What? I said it. We're going to finish second. And I'm not just saying that as an optimist. I'm serious. Did you? Okay. Anyway. Whoop. Uh, okay. Can you please help or Yes. Let's play that forward. Could you please help or advise me? Could you please help or advise me? I did something wrong and the person got offended by it. So I can't say I'm sorry to her either. 
What should I do now? Okay, I think I get it. You did something wrong and the person got offended, but you don't have a way to say I'm sorry. I think that's what we're talking about here. Now, if it's because they won't let you say I'm sorry, I would advise you to keep praying and to give it time to calm down. Um, and then when it's time, handwrite a letter. Unless you're right, my handwriting is kind of atrocious. So you might, no? Oh, okay. Uh, really? Good. Okay. Praise God. Uh, I try to write neat, but I have a busy brain and I'm always writing the next word instead of the one I'm on. Um, write him a letter. Seriously. I, I did that once. Um, and it was very simple, right? Uh, you know, like say it was Chuck. Chuck, I'm writing this letter to ask for your forgiveness. I did one, two, three, right? Whatever it may be. And it hurt you. And I'm so very sorry. Please forgive me, Joe. Right? Uh, uh, don't give yourself too many words. Because that can give your ego a place to hide. Right? Uh, it can also give their anger a place to grab. Uh, and I hate this. I hate this. But then you're done. And I hate it, okay? I hate ambiguity. I, I wish uh, the relationship's either restored or, you know what, Joey, I forgive you, but we're done. Okay, I can deal with that. It's hard for me when we're in the, what do you say, the dusk, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know where we are. I don't know where we are. Well, cowboy up, Joey. Um, but uh, so that's, if, if I may keep praying, if it's appropriate, if you can, Wait till things calm down, or if that time's passed. You know, Father, this was six months ago. Oh, then I would encourage you, if you're ready, write that letter. Mail it to them. And now it's in their hands. And again, I promise you, I know I'm making it sound easy. To me, writing the letter's easy. Holy crap, I was wrong. You know, and even if you want, add in there, P.S. If you're willing, I am more than happy to say this face to face. Right. Sometimes the written word can't get it done. Yeah. Okay. Mark Hughes. Oh, Mark Hughes. Nicely done. Whoever you are, thank you. And I think I'm right about the others because I remember a Glenn Rice just because I played ball with him. Right. He was a Flint guy. And I remember Ramil Robinson because he hit the two free throws to give them the championship. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. I remember Terry Mills because he was everybody's favorite. Hughes was just like, huh? Okay. Are we allowed to eat meat next Friday, which is the Feast of the Annunciation? I think I would check. I would assume it's bishop by bishop. I would. Um, and if you want, I can check with Uncle Earl. I think I see him next week, don't I? Don't I have the Presbyteral Council or some committee I'm on? Okay. Um, so if you, uh, Jesus help me remember, I'll ask about the diocese of Lansing. Although what I assume is we'll get an email about it this Friday or is today Friday. Oh, you know what? I doubt it. It usually doesn't come till four, but, uh, let me take a look and see if I got the email already. Like on Fridays, we all get all priests get an email from the Bishop just with, Hey, next week, this, and he's a lovely man. Nope. Um, Okay, Father Joe, that's me!
I'm not doing a good job today. Yes, you are. Thank you for all the wonderful podcasts on our faith. I'm learning so much. Yay, thank you. This Lent, I realize that I need to sit down in prayer, a still reverent prayer time, not just the random arrows I say throughout the day. I like you. I'm there, right? We're all fighting for this. Yay. Uh, what do you do in your prayer time? Rosary, scriptures, journal? Do you have a set routine? Um... So I think I'll just stop your question there and answer it and then finish, okay? I'm a routine guy. Uh, So what does that mean? Sean Costello, Deacon Sean Costello gave me this phrase from the Bible and I love, 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 love it. First fruits. So I try to make sure my very first thoughts are, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for another day. Uh, And I know it's cheesy, like, good morning, Blessed Mother. Good morning, St. Joseph. Good morning. So that right away, I'm trying to gear my brain. I always say good morning to my mom. I got that from Jim Swyatt. When his mom died, when my mom died, he told me that when his mom died, he said, all of a sudden, I had to remind myself of the resurrection. So every morning, I said, good morning, mom. Yeah. Um, and then I'm moving to the, whatever I got to do, right? I got to take one pill right away in the morning. And so I, I, I like literally have this down, right? I usually can beat the alarm today. I didn't. And I woke up like, you know, that when you wake up and you're in the middle of a dream and like you're a wreck for 40 minutes, right? Just so anyway, woke up, take my pill, go out, turn the coffee pot on, Come back in, take care of things. Uh, Then go pour my cup of coffee. Dad's up, he's sitting there. I bring him his thermos and his cup and we sit next to each other and do our morning prayer. No talking, because if one of us talks, I won't stop. Actually, do you know what's weird? It's the opposite in the morning of usual. I don't want to talk, dad's chatty. It's really funny, dad. That sweet man. So uh, what do I do? I read the breviary. I don't have my iPad with me, but that's what I use. I use a program or a app called Johnson Smith. Um, I cannot remember. I'm sorry what it's called. I just use it. Another one I use is an app called The Word Among Us. I do recommend it. It's really cool, and it can give you a nice format for your day, uh, for your morning prayer. Namely, it gives you the readings for Mass, not look them up, but it actually puts them right there for you. So you can do the first reading, the Psalm. I'm just kidding, the P is silent, like in Watermelon. Did you find that funny? No? We used to do that. We would spell somebody's name. That's P as in pterodactyl. Um... It gives you the first reading, the psalm, and the gospel, and then a meditation on it. Something for you to think through. It gives you the prayers the priest will read that day. Uh, and I, I like that. It's, I think, called The Word Among Us. So I read that. I pray my breviary. And then I do, like today, um, probably longer than usual, I kind of talked at him a bit and then tried to sit. I couldn't sit too long because I was constantly in danger of falling asleep. 
right? That's just how I was this morning. Uh, so like there's a person I love very much who's going through a tough time. And so I whined at the Lord about that for a while and asked him to do his thing. You know, uh, I, I have my list every morning, Jesus, take care of my, my parishioners, get them closer to you. Help me to be holy. Right. I just kind of have this loose time after the bravery and the word among us where a divine office, that's the name of the other one, divine office. Um, Sorry, uh, and I do office of reading and morning prayer in that. So, you know, at some point halfway through, I have to go and take my other pill, right? Because it's got to be a half hour. Uh, and uh, so the second half of the prayer time is usually the our word among us or the word among us part of the prayer and kind of talking at God. Is this... Yeah. Okay. Uh, in terms of rosary, I rarely do an entire rosary all at once. Um, you know, I'll do a decade here and a decade there, and it's usually a rosary by the end of the day, or even sometimes, frankly, more than one. Um, uh, scripture. Oh my gosh, Deacon Sean is here uh, with, is Father Jim here? Father Jim's not here because we don't like him. Can you want to lean in the camera and say hi or not really? Okay, this is Deacon Sean. He's one of my, yeah, he's one of my dearest friends and an unbelievably holy and selfless man. And my dog actually might like him more than he likes Carrie. Did you see him when you walked away the other day? That dog just sat there and pined. And I'm like, I'm right here. Okay, uh, do you have a set retreat? It's really hard for me to sit. And distractions come easily. So I'm trying to wrangle the time in myself being is not coming easily. I am hoping any ideas to sit and be with God will stick. So far, the only thing that does work is if I remember to say the rosary during my daily walk. And if I may, I forgot to say, and I mean this, thank you for your encouragement. It means a lot. Like, especially on a day like today where I'm a little more silly and the questions are more toward the secular, I worry. I'm like, I hope I'm not wasting people's time or what. I, I like being with you all. Um, and I thank you for your kind, encouraging words. Uh, oops, uh, do you mind? Sorry, can you put it back? Uh, I, I apologize. Uh, the distractions thing. It's so weird we're talking about this because it was, I promise, just yesterday morning where I was praying and I was like, I've, uh, I hope I say this well. I'm so happy that prayer comes easy to me now because it's been a lifelong fight. And I say I'm hesitating because I know the fight's not over, right? And I don't want to pretend I've arrived at a plateau, you know. But the whole, like, making myself pray because it's so freaking hard and I hate sitting here and sitting still. I don't hate sitting with the Lord. I hate sitting still. I've got a million things to do, you know, right? That whole thing, somehow God finally broke through. But it's been years and years and years of showing up, right? So show up, show up, and don't you dare give up. And, and a minute of bad prayer is better than an hour of no prayer. Don't you dare give up. And know that God treasures every effort you make. And, and more than you know how hard it is, he knows. Because he knows you better than you know you, right? Um, 
and I, I can't, I just can't say that enough. Just show up. And I was that guy reading every book I could. Well, maybe if I do it this way, and then I make all these big plans. Okay, from now on, I'm doing this. And that lasted a good day, you know? Um, just show up, man. Show up. And don't you dare give up. And if you go three months without praying, you know when you should start the next day, right? Never give up. And all of a sudden, one day, you'll be sitting there and going, when did this happen? And don't worry too much about your feelings, right? I don't often feel, well, I don't know if that's true. I don't feel God every time I pray. I don't feel the effects every time I pray. But think of it like um, there was a saint who wrote about it this way, that if you go out in the sun to work, if you get up in the morning and you go out to the vineyard, the dude worked in a vineyard, um, and he said, there's not really a point where you feel the sun burning you until you're burnt. It was a slow, gentle, gradual, well, I don't know how gentle it was, process. And prayer is the same way. Um, the changes are so tiny because, again, we're very breakable. Um, and God's huge. So he's tender and he's slow. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, what? this last question I'll do just because we, I know time's up, but it'll take me two seconds. So someone says, uh, where'd it go? Oh, it moved. Carrie. She's like a word ninja. She's like, You're awesome at this. I have a question for my 11 year old. He wanted to know how do we really know this last Sunday's gospel happened if no one was with Jesus when the temptation in the desert happened? I must admit I was stumped. Um, nicely done, 11 year old. Uh, I award you 11 Jesus points. What? Yes. Uh, well, Jesus told someone, right? Be it his mom who told Luke or be it the disciples, one of them named Matthew. Those are the two accounts written by, those are the, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, think of it this way. And Sean, I actually, it's so curious you're here. I think it was Sean who pointed this out to me and I never thought of this. I'm pretty sure it was you. If you look at the gospel of John, the longest one, and know that that encapsulates three years of Jesus' life, it's only about a day of talking. Isn't that nuts? Think about that. Is it, was that you, bro? No. Okay, it was someone else. Um, and that, that just blew me away. It's like, because what could John do? There's only so much paper. There's only so much time, right? And so it was, these were my discussions with him. These were our discussions with him. And John even tells you at the end, I can't write at all. He says, literally, young John, all the books in the world couldn't hold it. That's where our sacred tradition comes from. What did the disciples and the apostles tell their, their followers? And then this happened. And it's not in the Bible. It might make it any sense. So clearly there were conversations where Jesus told them about the things that happened when they weren't around. Right. Uh, so that's that's the key. You know, Jesus told somebody uh, again. He told his mom who told Luke who wrote it down. He told his disciples. Well, one of them was Matthew. Matthew wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, OK. Um, yeah. OK. Well, we will wrap it up and come Holy Spirit. Then Wednesday, we will talk about Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament.
And then on Thursday, I'll walk you through the Crimea or well, Ukraine Russia thing uh, as a secular topic. And then on Friday, we'll do question and answer. Uh, but thank you so much for watching these, for listening to these, um, and uh, uh, and thank you for encouraging people to do so as well. Uh, if you think Father Jim's here, Father Jim just came in and he's given me this. He's like, cut it. Okay, that's not what he's doing. He's waving and saying hello. Uh, but thank you. So salad pray, and I'll see you Wednesday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, you gave us these beautiful minds that want to know. And we're so grateful. And what we ask is that you help us channel that desire to know toward you, and toward the world you made, and the universe you created. Father, there's so much going on in the world right now and we are begging for you to miraculously come to the rescue of the people in Ukraine. We ask you to send the Russian troops home and restore peace and stability to that area and thank you for all of those countries who answered your unequivocal call to take in the immigrant, to take in the, 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 those fleeing and in distress. We especially today thank you for Poland. Lord, you know our hearts. You know all those people we love and, and we worry about them. And you know all of those circumstances in our lives that cause us to fret. We give all of them to you because we love you and we trust you. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll see you beautiful people next week. Until then, peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.